Welcome to the Radiant Podcast. We are so glad you joined us today. This podcast features messages, interviews, and discussions from Radiant Church located in Seneca, South Carolina. For more information about Radiant, visit RadiantChurchSC.com. Here's today's episode. I said earlier, it's our, our fourth Christmas at Radiant Church. You know, we, we, we started in 2020, so we haven't spent many Christmases here. This will be our fourth one uh, as, as a church community. Before that, Shana and I, we spent time uh, down in Charleston. We, we, we were six years down in the low country, and we grew up in the upstate. I'm from Malden, and she's from Dacusville, and the upstate's home, and we it's always been home, but so is Charleston. Charleston is also home for us as well. So many great memories and friendships and relationships, and, and uh, another story for another day, but man, I can tell you, just tell you what God did inside of us. We were ready. I've never shared this before. We were we were teeter tottering. Do we do this ministry call? Do we do this or not? We were on the verge of that. Uh, God really did a great work in us in so many ways down in Charleston during those six years. He rejuvenated us, revived us. It was fantastic. But. I love Charleston. I love the community there. I love the peninsula downtown. You know what I hate in Charleston? I hate all the one-way streets. <laughs> Some of y'all, you know what I'm talking about. So many one-way streets that are down in Charleston. And I, maybe it's just me, and it could be just me, but I feel like they change sometimes. Like, I could swore that one way went that direction and not this direction. Anybody else drive down there, you feel, I, I just feel that way. It could, it could just be me. But we, you know, I, I hate the one-way streets. Well, many years ago, uh, we were youth pastors in Nashville, Tennessee. And so we thought, hey, what if we take a, a student missions trip downtown Charleston? We'll go to Hope Assembly, which is a church that reached out to uh, specifically folks who were on the Upper Peninsula, Upper King Street, the projects, folks in the street. Now, if you've been to Charleston recently, you're like, Pastor, Upper King is fantastic. Let me just tell you, and for you guys, who, my students who are from Charleston who are in the house today, can assure me of this, it was not always that way. <laughs> Upper King Street was a rough place. You did not want to be when the sun went down. Uh, it's, it's different today, but it wasn't back then. And so we went down downtown to minister to folks, and because these guys are from Tennessee, um, you know, a lot of them had not even seen the ocean before. It's landlocked. You know, the, the Tennessee's got nothing. And so they, they were super excited to see the ocean. So on our free day, I thought, hey, let's go to the ocean. Let's go to downtown, man. Uh, we'll go to the Battery and um, so, you know, I take my big old 15-passenger van. You can't parallel park that uh, in Charleston, right? So I got to go into a garage. So I go into a garage, and uh, we, we do our thing. We get in the van. We go back. We're staying at the church, so we're going to go back, and we're pulling out of the garage, and I, I take a left because, I, I mean, I don't, I don't need Garmin. I got it. I know where I'm going. So I go left, right? And I'm fine, and I'm cruising. Now, if you're in Charleston, you always know who's a tourist and who's not a tourist based on how they drive because the streets are very narrow. And if you, if you live down there, you just zoom. It's nothing. You're zooming. Boom, 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 boom. If you're a tourist, you're like this. Am I hitting somebody? The streets are just so tiny and narrow, and I'm just kind of booking it, right? And all of a sudden, my students are freaking out, and they're all yelling. And I'm like, what is going on? And I look ahead. There's a car coming right at me. And I'm, I'm beeping my horn. And I'm like, dude, what is wrong with you? You're going the wrong way. And there's another car behind him. And I look at my wife. I'm like, babe, there are two cars heading our direction. What, is, what are they thinking? And I'm trying real hard not to say something I shouldn't say in front of all these students. But I'm, I'm mad. You know, like, what are they thinking? And all of a sudden, my wife says, you're an idiot. And I said, why? It's a one-way street. And 
and you're going the wrong way. And I kid you not, I stopped and you're a 15 passenger van and I throw this sucker in reverse and I'm backing up, you know, and you got, there's no rear view mirror. You're just hoping you can see on the side, man. And so people are like, I saw one dude, I'm coming back as fast as I can. One guy, he stepped out in the street, saw the van, no joke, he jumps James Bond style to the side, trying to get out of the way. So we back all the way up and I get into this little corner and I turn the car around, man. And, uh, and, and, and I thought, you know, I, I, they changed the sign on me. That's what it was. It was not that way before. They changed the sign, you know, and the kids never let me live it down that I was going the wrong way on a one way. And I started thinking about the story this week. I was like, you know, I, I wonder... You know, life is like that sometimes. I think life is like that. That we, we find ourselves at times going the wrong way on a one way. Think about it. You've been around folks and, 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 and it feels like they're all moving one direction and you're not. And in what you're convinced of is that they are the problem and not you. It's not, it ain't you, it's them, right? You know? And, and so they're, they're the problem. We, 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 everybody else is going the wrong way. Our, our, our world begins to kind of get small and our opinions begin really kind of big, you know? And everybody's wrong except for us. They're all heading in the wrong direction except for us. Well, here's the thing this morning. Listen, there's only one direction that life is moving in. Only one direction, only one way for us to go, and that's forward. You can't go back, you can't turn back the clock. One way for you to go is to go forward. Life is always moving forward. At times it feels like, you know, maybe we are going back. You know, it feels like we're repeating some things and we're stuck in reverse a little bit, but the truth is, is we're not getting any younger. I mean, unless you're Benjamin Button, you're not aging in reverse. Like, you're aging forward, right? We're all moving in the same direction. We're all going forward. And so, you know, are, are we moving forward this morning? Or do you feel like you're living your life stuck in reverse? Are we growing or are we going the wrong way on a one way? I want to take you to John 14 today. Then what we're going to do is we're going to hop over to Philippians 3. I'm going to camp there for a little while. John 14, 1 and 6, uh, Jesus says this. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Also trust in me. There's more than enough for in my Father's house. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And when everything's ready, I'll come and get you so that you'll always be where I am. And you know the way where I'm going. No, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you're going. So how can we know the way? Jesus told him, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Jesus is the way forward. You know, he, a lot of folks will say, well, he never claimed to be God. He's a great philosopher, teacher, whatever. But I beg to differ. Multiple times he claims to be the way to God. He claims to be one with the Father. This is one of those moments where he says, there's nobody can get to God except through me. I am the mediator. I am the one who, who you have to go through to connect with the heart of the Father. So Jesus is with his followers on this final night before his death. We, we talked about this a few weeks ago. It's the final night of Passover. It's communion that's happening, right? But he he is laser focused on the future. He's going to talk about the future community he's preparing for his followers. He's going to talk about the future guide and the Holy Spirit who's going to be coming, about future persecution. Uh, everything is geared to the future. It's all geared forward. He's not looking back. And the question this morning, 
What are you more committed to today? Are you more committed to the future or the past? Are you more committed to what's ahead or are you still trying to live in what's behind? As we get into next year, after the holidays are done, you know, as a church, we're going to be more committed to what's ahead, what's a forward, than what's in the past. We're going to be more committed to what God has prepared for us today and tomorrow than what God has done for us in the past. Now, I'm not dissing on the past here this morning. I love the past. I, I love history, right? I love it. I think the past is important. You need the past. You need to learn from the past, right? You need to learn from the past. You need to understand you know, where you came from. Here's the thing. What, what, what do so many folks try to do in, in our culture and in cultures who, who undergo massive change? They try to rewrite the past. Why? Because if we can rewrite the past and you don't understand the past, you won't know who you are, where you're from, and where you're going. So you have to know the past. You have to know where you've come from. You have to know that you know who you are today because that's going to help get to where you're going to be tomorrow. I, I get all of that. I'm not dissing that. The past is important. You learn from past mistakes. You learn from past successes. That's very, very important. But here's the thing. We don't live in the past. I can remember it. I can learn from it. I can appreciate it. I cannot live there. I cannot stay there. I have to continue to move forward, to move forward. If we live in the past, we let our yesterdays, whether they're good or bad, we let them actually steal what God wants to do in us today and tomorrow. So we can't actually live there. So which way is your soul facing here today? Is your soul facing forward or backwards? Like theologically speaking, and some of y'all need to hear this today, because theologically speaking, here's the, here's the truth. If you're still breathing oxygen, God still has purpose for your life. You're not done. There's a reason why you're here. There's wisdom, there's encouragement, there's gifts. There is purpose for you until God calls you home. There is a purpose for your life. You are to move forward because God has something he wants to do in and through you. Revelation 21.5, the Lord doesn't say, hey, you know what, behold, I'm, I'm bringing back the leftovers <laughs> since Thanksgiving, right? We're going to bring them back. No, God says, behold, I'm doing what? A new thing. Tomorrow, it's new. I got something different in store for you. The future where the Lord is fresh and alive, it's something to look forward to. So how do you know if you're more committed to the future or the past? Three questions today that I want to just pose your way to help you find out maybe if you're going the wrong way on a one way. If you're moving forward... Or you're trying to put this sucker in, in reverse. All right? I want to bring us back to Paul real quick. Paul's going to help us with these questions. So after he gives his life to Christ, for Paul, all the things, man, that he used to, he used to count on, defined who he was, his successes, his achievements, he realizes they're all rooted in the past. And so he pushes them aside to move forward with Jesus. He's committed to the future. There's a big indicator right here in Philippians 3, verse 12. He says this, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection. Paul is saying, I have not arrived yet. This is important. We'll come back to that. But I press on. I move ahead. I'm going forward, right? To possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. So Paul believes that he hadn't arrived yet. 
So much of our world is, is about making it today. It's about, you know, hey, I have the career that I wanted. I landed it. I've made it. I've arrived, right? I got the house I've always wanted to build or get into. And man, this is perfect. I have arrived. I have made it. You know, my favorite sports team, whatever it is, they won the championship. You know, a lot of fans feel this way, right? When the Braves won the World Series, I felt this way. Like, hey, they, we've arrived. We've made it. Isn't it great? We're on top of the world. Like so much of our life, business, personal, sports, whatever it is, it's all about meeting a goal. And once we meet the goal, we've made it. We've achieved it. Hey, we're here. But you haven't arrived yet. We never arrive. We haven't made, and that's Paul's message. Paul, who all the things that he's done, Paul is saying, yeah, you know what? I haven't made it yet. I haven't made it yet. God still has things he needs to do through me. You know what it tells me about Paul? Paul was more committed to the future than the past. He maintained a posture of a learner. He was not an expert. And there's a very big difference between the two. Experts are, are, are great. We like experts. They can, they, we can learn a lot from experts. However, if you're an expert, you can fall into a dangerous trap. A trap that says, I know all there is to know, and you can't teach me anything. And I think more and more experts are kind of falling into that little trap right there. Experts are going, in, in, in many cases, the wrong way on a one-way. And we assign people the label of expert because of what? Think about it. Why is somebody an expert? Well, because of their past, right? We look at, we look at their past and we say, well, it's not because of the future. It's based on their past educational achievements or career achievements. It's, it's, it's based on the past experiences. Their entire credibility hinges on things that are rooted in the past. And we hope that they can predict the future in an accurate manner because of what happened in the past. But there's a trap. The more you are you know, in that expert type class, the more you begin to insulate yourself. And listen, the only people who are like you are the only folks who think like you and talk like you, right? And you begin to shut other people out. And before you know it, before you know it, what happens is you found yourself that your opinions and viewpoints are too big to fail. And you have to support them at all costs. I could pull a thousand examples in our world right now and I don't care where you fall ideologically or culturally because I can pull examples out from every spectrum where we are doing this right now in our world today. We are more concerned about our side winning than what facts are. And because of that, we kind of shoo out anybody who's contrarian and we invite only the voices who are like us into our world. We're in echo chambers. They're telling me what I want to hear. They agree with what I want to, to do. And so all of a sudden what happens is our opinions, they have to be right because if they're wrong, and our viewpoints are wrong, then all of a sudden everything else we kind of have kind of built our little house of cards here will all fall apart. You were anchored in the past when your opinion is too big to fail. When you only agree with people who are like you. Because that's when you begin to fail to listen to the Spirit of God. And so, wait a minute, Pastor, I need people who are like me to help me. I, and I get that. But think right now where you're at. Take stock of who your friends are. Who are the voices you allow to speak into your life? Are they all the same? Do they sound the same? The same viewpoints? The same area? Because if they are, chances are 
you are in danger of falling into that trap. Well, I'll know the Holy Spirit when he speaks to me. Okay, oftentimes the Holy Spirit does not agree with you. <laughs> oftentimes, because his job is to, first to convict the world of sin. That's his first job. Second job is to conform you, to be like Christ. Well, that shaping and molding, that chipping away that God does, it's not always like great. It's painful at times. How will you listen to the voice and prompting of God's Spirit if it's different? And all you're surrounded yourself with are viewpoints and people who sound just alike. I don't think you'll listen to the Holy Spirit. I think you'll tune them out. Oh, it was a bad, bad case of the dressing or turkey I ate the other night. No, you've got to be careful that you're not isolating yourself from other folks. Don't be an expert. Instead, be a learner. Man, learners are committed to the future. They realize you only know what you can learn. They are teachable. They are pliable. They are exceptional listeners. They've not arrived yet because life is a journey. Paul understood this. In fact, learners understand that in the hands of God, God will shape me and mold me and change me. I will, I will not look the same or sound the same or be the same when God is done with me because God is so much he wants to do through me. It's a different posture than one who knows everything already. So the question, are you committed to the future of the past? The question is, are you a learner this morning? Are you a learner? Or are you an expert? I think, in, I think next year, 2024, God is not going to look for experts here. Not at Radiant Church. Not looking for experts. God's looking for learners. Learners. People who will allow him to shape and mold them and teach them. You know, we have new people coming into our church community all the time right now. I, if I, should, I, don't, I don't dive into this kind of stuff, but we, we have, we've grown a lot. We're in a, we're in a season of growth right now at our, at our church, and, and we've grown quite a bit. All kinds of folks are coming through the doors, and, and we have people, man, who weren't followers of Jesus, and now they are. And we have folks who, who were kind of, you know, feeling God out, like they, they feel drawn to the Lord. Maybe they're not ready to make a decision yet, but they have questions. They're trying to figure out kind of, all right, where, where does God fit? What do I do with this? They, they're, they're kind of on that edge, on that fringe of what do I do yet? And then you have people in here who have been followers of Christ for a long time. We have folks who have rediscovered their faith in Christ. I, just, I, I was talking to some folks just the last few weeks who grew up in church, been around all this kind of stuff, never really took God seriously. And all of a sudden now, for whatever reason, it clicked. And they've rediscovered their faith in the Lord. And, 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 they're, and they're growing. It's a it's great environment to be around right now. I love that. I love to be around people who say yes to Christ, who rediscover their faith, man. It's, it's all new for them again. I, I, I love that. But we have to allow God to continue to change us and to open our minds a little bit. I, I believe this. I think, man, there are folks who they, they may not be on the same level as you are spiritually. Perhaps you're here this morning, you've been saved for 20 years and you're a follower of Christ and you're very spiritual and that's fantastic. You can learn from somebody who's not said yes to Jesus yet. You can learn from somebody who has rediscovered their faith. There's something they can teach you you haven't learned yet. You are not the expert, right? There's something that God can still wants to do in and through your life. Are we gonna keep moving forward as a church? Uh, several years ago, there was a lady 
who, who was in our, our, our church. And when we, we, the, the, the campus we pastored in Charleston, we had 27 people our first Sunday there. That's, that's all we had. And, and we grew, and, and church grew. And six years later, it was, it was a thriving church, and, and it was just bouncing and doing well. It didn't grow overnight. It grew over time. And I remember being in the first wave of kind of new growth we were having a couple years into it. And this, this lady comes up to me, and, and I know she kind of meant well, <laughs> but she came up to me. She said, Pastor, I think we need a church etiquette class. And I thought, a church etiquette class? I've not heard of one of these. What is a church etiquette class? And so she said, well, there are, there are there's just there's folks coming in, and they don't look right, and they don't dress right, and they're saying some things they shouldn't say. And we need to teach them how to say the right things, look the right way when they come to church. I did everything in my power not to just lose it. I, I, I was very restrained. And I told her, uh, I said, well, thank you for your suggestion. That is a hard no. Like, it's just as hard no as we can get. Why? I love that people are different. I love we have folks that come in that are on different levels spiritually. I think the body of Christ is at its strongest when we have folks who are serving the Lord and strong in their faith, who are trying to question things out, and who are rediscovering God and kind of in the middle of that journey. I love that we are strong that way, that's like a sign of a healthy, growing church community. We need that. You know, at Radiant Church, we, we're not going to kick you out. There's only two rules we got when you approach that front door. You, no physical intent to harm people. I, that's a hard no, too. We turn you away for that one. And have clothes on. Because we don't want naked people walking. No one wants to see that. You know what I'm saying? Put some clothes on. I don't care what you're wearing. Just have clothes. That's, that's it. Why? I want folks to come in. I want them to experience the love of Jesus. I want them to experience the heart of God. Are we moving forward as a church or moving backwards? What are we committed to here today? Forward or backwards? Are you an expert? Are you a learner? So if you're learning, you're moving forward, right? Follow-up question to this is this. Are you letting go? Are you letting go of things? Are you letting go? Philippians 3.13, Paul says, Nope. No to your brothers and sisters. I've not achieved it. I haven't arrived. I'm not here. I'm, I'm still on this journey. But I focus on one thing. What's that one thing, Paul? Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Bringing the past, looking forward to what lies ahead. Paul is letting go of the good and the bad to move forward in the future that God has for him. He's letting go of the past. You know, letting go of the past is not just about letting go of hurt and pain, all the things that, that you want to forget about. It's also letting go of successes as well. We don't think about that, but it's also letting go of successes. You know, Paul, he was a, a, a very accomplished first century Jewish rabbi. Paul was I'm convinced Paul was one of the most intelligent men to ever set foot on the planet. His intellect had to have been incredibly high. He studied under the greatest Jewish rabbi of that time, a man named Gamaliel. It's, it, Paul, Paul's academic pedigree would be like being the valedictorian of Oxford or Harvard. I mean, that, that's who Paul is. Very accomplished, very intelligent. I mean, the things that I could only hope to achieve academically and even career-wise with, with someone like Paul. And yet Paul lets all of that go to move forward with Jesus, to move forward in all that God has for him. So, you know, it's challenging to let go of the past. It is. 
Yet if you want to move forward in your lives, if we want to move forward as a church community, it means letting go of, of hurts and pains and successes, true, but also letting go of this, old mindsets, past social constructs, hello church etiquette class, right? Opinions. Opinions are always a changing and evolving. They're not fat. Even things that you were taught growing up that may not be biblically sound. We could pull a whole host of things out there like that. There was a time where, you know, we couldn't have men and women sitting together and whites and blacks sitting together. But the world's changed. We should, we should not always hold on to some of those things. We should be open to the change that God wants to bring to us as long as it is biblically sound. That is the key, biblically sound and rooted. That's important. And the question is, is can you do it? That woman couldn't do it. And she left our church. That's okay. We weren't going to do that. Can you do it? Can you let go of something you did in the past? Can you let go of, 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 of labels that people have tried to put on you? Can, you know, look, when you're, when you're in Christ, you're not a divorcee or a drug addict. You know, you're not a failure. Who are you? You are someone who was called and forgiven and loved by God, who has purpose, who has a sense of, of, of worth, whom God values. You have a role and part to play. That's who God sees you as. See yourself that way. See yourself that way. Well, pastor, you just don't know I've screwed this up and this up and this up. I know, and I've got my own set of screw-ups too, but that's not how God sees me. God sees me as someone who's been forgiven, who has been called, who has purpose, and I'm stepping into that, and you should too, because that's how the Lord views you. The enemy views you the opposite, but that's not how God sees you. When you say yes to Christ, you become the righteousness of God, Paul says in Romans, not because of anything you did, but because of everything that Christ did for you. And it's because of Christ you can get back up again. I love this from Proverbs 24, one of my favorite verses of Scripture. Proverbs 24, 16 says this, The godly may trip seven times, but they will what? Get back up again. The godly, those who have surrendered to Christ, though they fail, though they trip, though they face obstacles and challenges, what do they do? They don't quit. They don't quit. They don't go home. They don't give in. If you're following Christ and you've, you, you, you fell face forward and you're in the dirt, you've got cuts and bruises and scratches, you suck it up, you get back up, and you go forward again because that's what those who follow Jesus do. They don't quit and throw in the towel. They keep marching forward to the beat of God's drum because you have purpose. You can't move forward until you begin to let go and pull yourself back up. You can't move forward until you begin to let go of hurts. Well, pastor, I want this person to feel the pain that I feel. They'll never feel your pain. Let's just get that out of the way right now. Counseling is not my strong suit, can you tell? They will never feel your pain. Only you can feel your pain the way you're feeling it. Why, why, why are you holding on to that? You can't do that. If you rehearse the pain over and over again, you know what's going to happen? You're tapping into that wound, and it's getting bigger. I, I've got small children. You have to constantly watch the bandages because you know, I got one in particular. He just likes to mess with every cut he's got and it just gets worse and worse. We have to watch that, right? The more you keep messing with your wound, the bigger it gets, the more painful it gets, the harder it is for you to move on. You've got to forgive. 
And that grudge you're holding on to actually imprisons you. You're not loving life. You're not enjoying life, right? You're like, man, I, I, they need to feel what I'm feeling. They're never going to feel that. That's not practical. So what do you do? Put your big boy girl and shoes on and start marching out the door and let go and leave behind the pain they left you. You can forgive them. Lord, I forgive so-and-so for what they did. You can approach them. Hey, I just want you to know I forgive you. They don't have to accept it, but you need to at least make the, the, the move to forgive them, and then you just got to go on your way. Why? Because I don't have time for that. I'm moving forward. God's got a purpose for me. I'm moving forward. God's got a calling for me. I'm moving forward. I don't have time for this. I'm moving forward. We got to move forward. You got to put those Elsa shoes on, man, and let it go. Can't hold me back anymore. You can tell I've been watching Frozen. I got small kids. I'm watching Frozen all the time. How do you do it? How do you let go? How do you move forward? Luke chapter 10. Jesus is at Lazarus' home, and, and Lazarus is a friend of his. He's got two sisters, Mary and Martha. Martha is worried and anxious and concerned about way too many things, and she's concerned about really the wrong things. And, and she's going the wrong way on a one-way. That's, that's where Martha's at, okay? Mary is focused on one thing only, and that is the future, what's ahead. So she's sitting at the feet of Jesus, and she is just soaking in everything he's saying and teaching. She should be helping her sister out. She's like, I got this one chance to sit at his feet. I'm going to take it. Paul, he says, look, the one thing I'm doing is I'm forgetting what's behind. I'm moving ahead. What has Paul tapped into? What's Mary tapped into? They have tapped into this. They have gotten lost in the love of God. And when you are at the feet of Jesus, soaking in God's love, man, losing track of worry and anxiety and problems and successes, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what someone else has done. It only matters what God has done for you. And you begin to let go. And you begin to move forward. Three questions to help you figure out if you're heading the wrong way on a one way. Are you a learner? Are you letting go? Here's the last one. Are you building community, relationship? Verse 14, Paul says this. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling me or calling us. The prize that Paul is pressing forward to in verse 14, it is eternity, yes, but it is so much more than that. It is not just heaven. I think sometimes we do, we do a major disservice. Have fallen with Jesus, I'm going to heaven, isn't that great? Yes, <laughs> but there's so much more that God has for you, you know? I mean, I, that, there's so much more God has for you than just punching that ticket to, to heaven there. There's more that God wants to do for you and through you. Paul is pressing towards a heavenly community, a place that Christ has prepared for his followers. John 14 talks about that. We read it this morning. He's pressing forward to eternal community with God and other people. I've said it before. I'll say it again. If you don't like people, heaven will not be a great experience for you. Let me just say be a lot of folks in heaven. I don't like people. I don't like it loud. I don't like it bright. Heaven's going to be loud, bright, and full of folks. <laughs> and there's going to be a lot of singing. I, I just, if you don't like singing, there'll be a lot of that too. It's going to be up there. We're going to be together with people, man, who are serving the Lord in community forever. 
Are you moving forward then in community with other people today? Are you in relationship with others? Now here at Radiant Church, we have small groups and, and we do small groups for a variety of reasons but one of the reasons we do them is it, it forms connection. You form, you know, on Sunday morning you can say hi to somebody and connect with people for sure, have a great conversation. But in a small group, you really get to know somebody. You, you get to know someone in a relational way that bring, takes that connection even deeper. So our groups are, are really wrapping up. Some of them are already finished, and the rest are wrapping up for the, for the fall. We'll start again in February for the spring. And I just want to encourage you, if you didn't get involved in a group this fall, we encourage you to get involved in a group in the spring because you need those connections with other people. You need connections with each other. So are, are, are you building connections with folks? Are you growing together? Are you reaching out together? The goal and the prize is, is God and people. God and people. God is tell you, don't, don't come to church, guys, and, and punch the Christian time clock for a week. Well, I did my time, I got my holy on, I'm going home. Like, don't, don't do that. Connect with people. Build relationships with each other. Build community with each other. It, it, it's been a joy to watch this church grow over the last few years and to see relationships develop among some of you who didn't know each other before and now you know each other and you're, you're, you're connecting and hanging out and it's, it's been fantastic to see that kind of thing happen. And as we wrap up this year and head into next year after the holidays, let me just encourage you to resist the insider pool because what happens naturally is I, I connect with people and I get to know people, there is an insider pool that I just, I just want to hold on to. As Radiant grows over time, this is why I'm a big believer in not rushing through stuff, by the way. Enjoy this season. You'll never get it back. As we grow over time, you won't know everybody. I know that's disheartening for some people. Like, man, I, I want to know everybody. It's, it's inevitable. As we grow, you won't know everybody. You'll have to learn new people's faces and that kind of thing for sure. But you, you won't know everyone. So what do you do? Well, don't have that insider pull when that happens. Well, I'm just going to hang in my group of five, ten people. Go, go up to people. Hey, hey, I'm Tim. Nice to see you. I, I, I just I, I maybe been coming for a couple of months. I just hadn't noticed you before. I'm sorry. I'm just, hey, here I am. Just introduce yourself to folks. Well, pastor, people get greeted at the door, you know, they, someone out there and says, hey, and they come through the door, they don't, they don't need me, sure they do. Walk in the auditorium, see someone, walk up and say, hey, man, it's great to have you here today. See them in the cafe, hey, it's great to have you here today. Why? Because I think Radiant Church should be the most welcoming, friendly gathering on Sunday morning in Oconee County. We should, we should be that way. We should love on people, be friendly to folks, be welcoming, be inviting. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter where you come from. I don't care if you don't believe in God. I want you through the doors. Why? I want every person, and we should all want this, every person to have that invitation to know Jesus, to say yes to God, to find this community of believers where they can belong and be part of something special that God has for them. We want to be accepting of folks. And here's the thing. Don't worry about changing people. You can't change them. It's not your job. That's the Holy Spirit's job. The Holy Spirit changes people. See, God loves us too much to keep us the way he found us. So he's going to begin to change people. And he's going to make them like him. 
You do the part of helping them connect to their Savior. That's, that's our job. What a shame it would be to learn that we've, we're too committed to ourselves and just miss connecting with people who the Lord brought in for a, a purpose and a time, and we just miss that connection. We don't want to do that. It's also why it's important outside these doors that we're taking advantage of every opportunity we have with neighbors and coworkers and people we're around just, just to connect them to Christ, just to talk about our faith. Don't Bible beat them. Don't you know, be the guy on the street corner with a sign. Don't be that guy. Just, just take advantage of the opportunity when it comes to share your faith with people and share your purpose and what God's doing in your life. That'll speak volumes enough in itself. And if they don't have a church community, you just tell them, hey man, I, I go to this church called Radiant. I'd love to have you come join us one Sunday. And if it's not your cup of tea, no worries. Like we're gonna, Our pastor says it from the pulpit. We'll help you find a church that fits. Why? Because I'm not trying to, we're, we're not building Radiant Church, we're building God's kingdom, see? And so if you don't fit here, we'll find a church that you do fit. We'll help you connect somewhere to go. I, we want people to get into the kingdom of God. Z, come on up. We're moving forward. It's all God has for us as a church community. There's only one way to live life, guys, and that's moving forward with Jesus. Uh, message today, a little bit different. Definitely more insider, for sure. Uh, if you're here for the first time, it's a man, so this is, kind of, yeah, it is geared a lot towards our radiant folks, for sure. But I think it's important we, we take moments every now and then to have messages like this to, to, to get us back on track a little bit. Because all of us here, myself included, we're prone to kind of wandering off purpose. We don't want to, we don't want to wander off our purpose. We want to stay on, on track where we're supposed to be. And so we're committing ourselves here at Radiant Church to moving forward with what God has for us, to being learners and letting go and building community. And so I just want to ask you this morning, man, are you more committed to the past or the future? Are you going the wrong way and down a one way? Are, are you a learner? this morning? Are you letting go? Are you building community? What if we could do that? What if we could, as one body, move forward together? What if we could pray and fast more for the future? Well, what if we could commit to being learners and letting go and building relationship and community? I think if we can do those things, not perfectly, because no one's perfect for sure, right? But if we can do those things, then I think that we'll move forward into what God has for us. There are so many folks who aren't here yet, but they're coming. They're coming because you're going to be inviting folks and bringing folks who the Lord's going to draw. They're coming because the Lord's drawn them here. They might see it on the website. They might pass by on the road. They might live nearby and say, hey, you're going to check it out. But, but there's, there's folks who will come who will be here. We want to move forward and connect all these guys with the Lord and Jesus. I, I want to close it out with this. I, you know, we as a church, yeah, I, I do a lot of teaching and I try to stay very much grounded in Scripture. So Sundays like these don't happen too often. So when I get a chance to kind of just share my heart a little bit, um, I like to take advantage of it. And this, this is the last Sunday I'll have to do that before we hit the new year, the, the way that our schedule goes. So I, I will tell you this, Radiant Church, you know, we, we planted this church in 2020 and, and, and I'm not going to repeat that story. Many of you here probably know it. But this is the first year 
that Shana and I have felt a great shift take place. And I, I can't really pinpoint when it happened, uh, but we've been talking about it throughout most of the year. We have felt something shift at our church. And what, the people that God is bringing, the things that God is doing, some of the stories that we're hearing from you guys and others who weren't here this morning, uh, hearing from them about what God has done in their lives, it's, it's incredible. And, and, and we, we believe that there is something great that God has in store for us as a church. But we got to keep moving forward. We, we can't live in the past. We can't dwell in the past. we got to make sure that we are moving forward together. It's all that God has for us. And I'm excited about what that future looks like. And we want to invite you to be a part of that, to be on board with that. And to do that, we have to be committed as one church body. Whether you're here today or you're watching and listening to the podcast later this week because you're not here, we want to be committed to the future and what God has for us. So bow your heads, close your eyes if you would. Here's, here's what I want to do this morning. I, I just want to say a simple prayer for everybody who's with us. For us as a church, if you're here for the first time and say, Pastor, I, this, this is interesting, uh, I want to include you too. Whether, whether Radiant becomes your church or, or not, I, I, I want the same thing for you. So I'm, I'm going to include you with this. I want us to move forward together. Father, will you work inside of our hearts, inside of our lives? Holy Spirit, would you help us as a church community to move forward into all that you have for us? We need to learn from our past. We need to learn from mistakes and successes. But Lord, we don't want to live in the past. May we not find ourselves living with what's behind. May we find ourselves pressing on to what's ahead. And we not find ourselves living in reverse, but God, find ourselves moving forward. Lord, I, I pray that that you will help us to be learners. We don't know it all. We are constantly learning. We want to be people who are moldable, pliable, God, who can be shaped by your spirit and your heart. We don't want to be hardened to the work of the Holy Spirit. We want to very much be molded by you. And we learn from each other and learn from you and never stop. Lord, we, we, we want to make sure, God, that, that we're letting go. We can't carry offenses and grudges and hurts and pains. We, we have to let those go. But God, we also have to let go of things that we do well, <laughs> of successes. We can't live on what we accomplished yesterday. There's still more you want to do through us tomorrow. So Lord, keep us humble. Help us to have humility. Help us to keep pressing ahead and letting go of things that could hold us back, whether good or bad, from reaching the potential and the purpose you have for us as a church and as individuals. Lord, help us to build community. May every person feel welcomed in this church body. May every person, God, who walks through these doors feel like this, this is a place they can belong to. Lord, may we resist an insider pool. May, may God, in our personal lives, we go to work, the ball field, school, 
Lord, may we constantly have an open hand and heart towards others, ready to connect with people, ready, God, to share faith and purpose and what you've done for us when those opportunities arise. May we continue to move forward in all that you have for us for the remainder of our time here in 2023, but also, God, into what lies ahead for us next year in 24. May our hearts always be open to you. And may we, God, be open to your work inside of us. Help us to align with the heart of God and the purposes you have for us here today. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or would like to reach out to us, you can do so by emailing us at media at radiantchurchsc.com or visit one of our social accounts on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes and give us a five-star rating on the podcast platform that you listen to. We hope you have an amazing rest of your day.